You are listening to the 3 and D podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the podcast on Twitter at 3 and D pod. Uh, you can find Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies and online at grizzlybearblues.com. Of course, we are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues podcast network. Uh, you can find uh, GBB Live, the Core 4 podcast, and the Starting 5 podcast on our network make sure you check all of those out we're coming to you um immediately after um the grizzlies victory in cleveland over the cavaliers and joining me tonight is somebody that's probably glad that his team won after his nfl team was eliminated the day before mr bryce hayes what's good justin what's good what's up man happy new year man i I hadn't talked to you this year yeah happy new year happy merry christmas all all that stuff um Bryce, I'm just gonna I'm gonna toss up to you first. Like, give me some immediate reactions from the Grizzlies' victory in Cleveland tonight. I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I only watched the first half in the last two minutes because the football game was on. The first half was really slow. I was a little concerned for both teams. Little little bit of struggle bus for both. They were struggling from the field. The defense wasn't looking just exceptional for either team, and. But the last two minutes, I mean, the Grizzlies found a way to close the game out, which is what matters. They struggled there for the last week and a half when they lead by double digits and just find ways to lose basketball games, which, I mean, comes with being the second youngest team in the league. But you got to you gotta see your young guys close games out, especially when the whole team is young. So I'm just glad they were able to close this game out against another young team in Cleveland. Yeah, and – Pete Pranicum made an interesting point in the middle of the game. This this might have been third quarter. Um, the Grizzlies are 28th in fourth quarter scoring this season, and they're missing a top fourth quarter score in John Morant. Like it's right. it's not a coincidence at all. So your your point about being able to close out games um, is a little bit of a concern, and I think it's kind of a good thing for them to learn this right now without Jaw, so that on the nights that Morant doesn't have it or they double team him and take him out of it, like you've got other guys that have experience bringing it home uh, at the end of a game. I was a little concerned. Uh, we saw uh, Jenkins' rotations and the last loss looked absolutely terrible. Um, and so right. when, he, when he rolled with a starting lineup to close this game out, um, I didn't think that was the right move tonight, the way that Tillman had played. And Valanciunas just didn't really have it tonight. Um, but it worked out. Uh, we got the win over a, a Cleveland team that I would argue is probably more depleted than we are. Um, they're missing three starters. I guess we're missing right. three starters as well, but they're missing Kevin Love, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton. Whereas, are you really missing Justice Winslow when you've never had him in the first place? Right, right, right. So, yeah, the uh, the Grizz take one away um, in Cleveland after winning in Brooklyn. Um, now they move on to play the Timberwolves, which should be able to get you to a three-game winning streak. Um, and I think yesterday when I looked, Bryce, I don't know if you know this, but, like, they're only four games back from first place right now. Like, they are still very much in the hunt for the 10th seed, even without John Jaron. That's the crazy thing about the West. It eats itself alive. There's so much talent. There's so much young talent. Even with injuries, there's still teams able to compete. Like, 
the Grizzlies aren't a bad team, but when you run into the teams they ran into without your two best players, losses happen. But when you play teams that don't have guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're still competing on a night-in, night-out basis. They're not getting blown out. If they're closing games like they did tonight, it's not crazy for them to hang around like they are right now. They're not going to just all of a sudden be the lead contender for the number one pick, which some people have already kind of jumped on that ship for Tank for Kate or whoever they decide they want. It's, I think they're still in a position to compete. I mean, I don't think Jaron Jackson is out much longer. And the same with Justice Winslow and John Morant. Like, I could fully see John Morant suiting up against Phoenix on MLK Day. Yeah, so I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Grizzlies are uh, two games out of fourth place, a game and a half out of sixth place, um, and a game behind ninth place. Uh, so, like, anything – like, four and a half games separate the Lakers and the Timberwolves between first and last. So, like, they're not out of it at all. They're hanging in there. They have the Timberwolves. I mean, they can win two straight. Um, I doubt they, you know, take one from the Philadelphia 76ers. So, they're they're in Minnesota on Wednesday and Friday. You take two wins there. You don't know what happens ahead of you. And you're right back in the smack in the middle of it. And like you said, Jock could be back on Monday uh, a week from now. And it's a whole different story. Um, I would be shocked if Moran is back on Monday. But then at the same time, I've seen him – jumping off that leg, dunking and warm-ups. So, right. who knows? Um, and the thing is, with, with COVID, you don't know who's going to play. Because 76ers are a team that played – how many guys a couple of days ago? Seven, seven I think. A lot of, and a lot of those guys were health and safety protocols. It wasn't just injuries. I think those guys are still out by the time they play. So, there's no telling who the Grizzlies see in that 76ers game. That's that's so they very might true. actually still be a winnable game for them. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that. I forgot that I did see that. Uh, I think Tony Bradley um, had to start because of Embiid. Uh, he was out because of health and safety protocols, but then I think he was ruled eligible to come back. But he's still going to be out because of his back or something like that. Um, right. Let me see who is out on their uh, list. MB played tonight, but I mean, Maxi, Matthias, Scott, and Danny Green was their lineup out beside MB. They had nine guys today. Yeah, Simmons is day to day. Tobias is day to day. Seth Curry's out. Shake Milton's out. Cork Moss is out. Yeah, I mean, Thibault's out. Milton's out. Like, there's a lot of rotation guys that are out. Yeah, so Simmons, there's no timetable. Um, Hey, Tobias is out because of COVID. Embiid, Memphis could be a rest game for Embiid. You know, you never know. Yeah. So let's let's talk about um, the NBA and COVID. Obviously, there was no way you're sending these guys back into a bubble for a full season. Nobody would would go for that. Um, no shot. So the league is meeting tomorrow, or I guess today, when you're listening to this podcast. Um, to discuss the possibility of shutting down the league for seven to 14 days to try to, I guess, stop an outbreak that they believe could be coming, which let me just get your take on that as a whole before we talk about it being Grizzlies relevant. What do you think about the league's decision if they were to shut it down anywhere from a week to two weeks? Okay. 
So I've thought that a lot. Well, I guess the past 48 hours about the league needs to shut down. And before baseball, before NFL, I probably would have been on that side of it. But after seeing them get through it, I don't think shutting down is really going to change anything. Like, obviously, I'm someone that's going to say health first. There's a lot of guys on the Grizzlies specifically that have young children. Ja has a baby. Tyus Jones has a baby. Those guys, you don't need to put them at any more risk than they already are, just going out there on a nightly basis playing for, for the Grizzlies. So, on the one hand, yeah, shutting down sounds good on the surface, but what is it really accomplishing? Because these guys are still probably going to practice. They're still probably going out to get food, going to get groceries. They're going to expose themselves regardless. Expand the rosters like John Morant and Jamal Crawford were talking earlier. Expand the rosters. Get some more G League guys up. Get vets like Mike, like Michael Beasley is down in the G League bubble right now. in the G League bubble right now. Get these guys on NBA rosters. Expand the rosters. Make the team competitive instead of having teams like the 70, like the 76ers or the Boston Celtics having to play six guys under 6'5 and Taco Fall for the whole game. No one wants to see that. That's not good for the league. We talk about the integrity of the game. That's the integrity of the game issues. No one wants to see that. That's not good basketball. Get these guys that are fresh out of the league, fresh out of college, that want a chance to play, give them a shot. What's going to hurt to expand the rosters to 18, 20? Pay these guys a minimum. Have them there ready to play. Let's play basketball. Yeah, and I think the point that you brought up about they're going to expose themselves anyways is, is a really important one because, like, they're not – like, the outbreak didn't start with um, a basketball game. Like, somebody went out and was – went out somewhere in public and got exposed or they were in the household with a family member that went out in public and got exposed. Um, so, like, if you're going to shut it down, are you going to make them quarantine – uh, for the that two weeks, you know, the whole league, you can't go out, you can't be around anybody. Are you going to put them in a bubble for those two weeks, so that one week you shut them down to try to stop the spread? Or are you going to let them just live life as normal, which isn't going to do anything at all? Um, something I'm with you, they built in, you know, that, that stretch in the schedule for stuff like this, for makeup games, that kind of stuff. So just do that. Just do what they did with the Boston game the other day and do what they did with the Dallas game today postpone the game, and then drop them in there in that segment that you left open in the schedule uh, for makeups, and then you just kind of go from there. Now, let's, let's talk about the possibility of a pause in the schedule in relation to the Grizzlies. I think that's one of the best things that could happen to the prospects of this season for Memphis because that's a, that's a two-week stretch of games that you don't have to play, and that's right. two weeks that you get Jaw, Jaron, and Justice healthy and maybe you come back from that two-week window and you're a fully healthy team and you you just start rolling. Like, what, what do you think about the, the perspective of Memphis when it comes to that? I'm going to play the devil's advocate just because you brought up the great point of, yeah, we'll get healthy. I'm going to say this stretch of basketball is probably the best for this team, like, long-term. If a lot of these guys are going to stick around because these guys are having to grow up. There's no – they're not getting called right now. They're getting thrown right into the fire. Desmond Bain, Xavier Toon, they didn't have a summer league, but guess what? You're getting NBA minutes, and you're going to have to produce. These guys are playing NBA basketball. 
at a young age, no experience, and they're having to figure it out on the fly without their best two players. So this stretch is important for them because when you get your top two guys back, you're a more mature team. Like they're not they're not having to figure things out and they're not getting kitty gloves when John and Jerry Jackson come back. So to place devil's advocate, this two week stretch without these guys could actually help the Grizzlies long term, but on the other side, like you mentioned, the two week pause gets your top guys back. If they're not one hundred percent back, they're a little bit closer to coming back without the games getting played and you losing a lot. So there's a benefit either way, depending on how you want to look at it to me. Yeah. So I guess that's the whole the short term, long term approach that is a pretty constant debate amongst Grizzlies fans and Grizzlies Twitter is what's the goal uh, for this franchise? Is it to make the playoffs this year? Which, if it is, then you'd want the two-week pause to get your guys back. If it's, hey, this isn't our window, we're going to keep our guys, you know, healthy. We're, we're going to keep them out longer to make sure they're, fu- they're fully right before they come back. Um, so this, like you said, this two-week stretch of the extended Tillman minutes, the extended Bain minutes are very beneficial for those young guys to, to grow up and learn. Um, I honestly hadn't even thought about it in that uh, angle. So I appreciate the devil's advocate sometimes. Let's, let's talk about young guys and chances. Um, there's another, I think Mark Stein reported as a discussion possibly of them adding two more two-way players. Um, so that way it doesn't affect the cap space. Um, I'm going to give you a list of guys that are currently rostered with the hustle, and you got to pick two. All right. You've got uh, John Stockton, his son, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Zaire Smith, Ahmad Caver, um, the kid they just took second overall in today's draft. His name's slipping my mind. Um, and then, yeah, from that group. Who would you bring up? It's Freddie Gillespie. That's his name. I'm bringing up Zaire Smith just to see what he can do. Because Zaire Smith, I saw in summer league, I think, two summers ago. That's an NBA player. Granted, he has some stuff go wrong health-wise that he can't control with, I think it was an allergy issue that got him really sick. Zaire Smith was an NBA player before that. If the Grizzlies were able to get him and steal him for the low, I want to see what he can do because that type of player that's tough defensively and can cut like that is a good player for everyone involved. That's somebody for Jaw to throw to. That's somebody that's helping Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain on defense. That's someone that can help. And he's been around the league long enough with Philadelphia that if you can get him some minutes, let's go for it. But outside of that, I mean – Shaq Buchanan, he's already, he's already been up, so I guess he knows the Grizzly system, so let's roll with it. Maybe Ahmad Carver. I don't know. Zaire Smith is the one that I'm definitely calling up there. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Zaire. I think that's an obvious choice. Um, he is he, – he's got NBA experience. Um, for me, you've got three point guards on the hustle roster between uh, Ahmad Carver, Anthony Cowan, who they just drafted uh, today, and Stockton, who they just traded um, Dusty Hannes for, I believe. Um, I think we got to bring up that third point guard um, just in case Tyus goes down or just in case, um, you know, Jaw's not ready 
soon enough. And I'm not a big fan of the Melton uh, point point guard minutes. Um, no, he's not a point guard. Desmond Bain is not ready. A year from now, I'm fine with Desmond Bain bringing the ball off the court. Right now, let's not do that. He's yeah. not ready. No summer league. It's not looking great. Don't do no. it anymore. And you're you're all right with Kyle doing it, um, but he's he's not always going to be out there uh, without Tyus. There's going to be times where both Tyus and Kyle are on the bench. Um, so I think you need that third point guard. Um, I guess Stockton would be the one with the m- most experience out of that group. Um, so you maybe give him a look. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. It, it it hurts when one of your two-way players is already hurt and Tilly. Right. Um, and then McDermott hasn't shown – I guess he hasn't lived up to the hype that we kind of bought into on him. Uh, he looked McDermott really well. needs that bubble more than anybody. He yeah. needs that bubble. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, Brandon Abraham brought up in our in our Slack the possibility – I guess it would be kind of the rules that they determine on these two-way contracts because if they're allowing these vets – to, to be drafted and signed uh, down there in the G League bubble, would they be able to uh, sign one of these two-way deals that, that they would potentially be adding? Because the rule for a two-way player is it's four years of experience or less. So, obviously, Michael right. Beasley couldn't sign a typical um, two-way contract, but are they going to make a COVID exception um, for that? It would be really interesting to see how the, the uh, I guess, the Board of Governors – uh, meeting goes down tomorrow um, and honestly I wouldn't be shocked if we get some breaking news at some point tomorrow that starting tomorrow the the league is on pause uh, for two weeks but hopefully they evaluate it and see pausing it uh, isn't really going to make too much of a difference because these guys are going to go home and be exposed to people that have been out in public um, unless you're requiring a bubble and I think that's the only way a pause works is you put teams in their own bubble um, I don't know. Let, let's talk about uh, a player that you and I view very differently. Um, he's a he's a constant topic on this podcast. Um, my guy, my workout buddy, Dylan Brooks. Tell me what you've seen out of him so far this season. He's still getting too much hate. Is the shot selection bad sometimes? Yeah. But, I mean, he's doing better. I think I've brought more people over to my side of seeing a value in him, but he's still a young dude. Like, obviously, he's not a first or second year player anymore. He's not really in the role he's supposed to be in yet. And when he does get to do that, I think once fame matures a little bit more, that's when you really see the Dylan Brooks that's going to be beneficial to this Memphis Grizzlies team. Because, I mean, You've seen it in flashes here and there where he's a decent scorer with smart shot selection and it's going to hustle on defense. That's one thing you can never say bad about Dylan Brooks. He's going to hustle. He's going to get 100% effort. Does that get him in foul trouble? Quite a bit. That's why he's always in the top five in fouls. But if he can slow down, which he's gotten a little better, but obviously there's still room for improvement, there's still a good basketball player that everyone should love considering our history with guys like Tony Allen. But we still got a little ways to go. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, and I'm I'm not coming around to the Dylan Brooks Island. I'm not even – I don't even want to pamphlet advertising real estate on the island. 
um, like if you send, if you mail me a pamphlet right now, I'm still throwing it in the fire to start my fire. Um, but I am not in the, in the boat with torches and a mob on the outside of the Island trying to burn it down right now, because like you said, he's not in the role that he needs to be in. Um, we've yet to really see him in the role that he would thrive in. Um, tonight he was six for 15. He didn't jack 20 shots. That's, I can live with 15 shots from Dylan Brooks when he when he has to be relied upon to be the leading scorer for this team right now. Um, his three point right. percentage, I mean 25 percent. You you'd want it's some not more. Good. Yeah, but he had seven rebounds, and that's one of the stats that I kind of keyed in on him for this season that had to improve. He's a six seven big bodied guy, and when right. you've got somebody that's weak in rebounding like Jaron Jackson Jr., which he's not playing with him right now, but I wanted to see him improve his rebounding, which, again, I do understand the low number in it because typically he's guarding the other team's best perimeter player. So his, his I guess, opportunity to go in and get rebounds is not there as much as maybe the other four guys on the floor at times. Um, right. But at 6'7", six, at six, he's got a rebound. Um, assists, he's hovering right around his – a little over his average. Um, he's not lower on it. Um, I think that's still going to come with some time. Um, he has to pick a spot. And the thing is, that would be higher if guys make shots. Like, he's trying to get more assists. But sometimes the shots don't fall. Or I think right before I turn the game off, Brandon Clark missed a dunk from a Dylan Brooks pass. Like, he has some of the worst luck with assists I've ever seen from a basketball player. Well, just think about the Grizzlies history in general. Since we've lacked, you know, really good perimeter scores, how many – you know, assist Mike Conley's lacking uh, in his career. Or how many more triple doubles than Marcus All could have had if guys would have knocked down shots on the on the perimeter when he kicked right. it out to him. Um, I mean, shoot, think about how many assists people would have if Tony Allen didn't smoke so many layups. <laughs> yeah, but you lived with those, and and so right now with Dylan, I think you live with what you're getting from Dylan, um, unless he's going you know, eight for 22, some crap like that. Like, you, you don't live with that. And the but. thing is, I'm going to go back to something you mentioned earlier, like with the three-pointers. Just looking at the box score, you're going to frown upon some, some of these numbers. Tonight, two of eight looks horrible. The best thing about these numbers compared to what you saw in the bubble, what you saw a lot last year, most of these shots are open shots. Right. It's not you just chunking shots up because – I need to get hot. I need to get hot. Or I just want to score. He's taking wide open shots. It may not fall all the time, but those are shots where if anyone takes them that can somewhat shoot threes, you're not going to complain. Yeah, I agree. And I, and that mentality that I've always had an issue with of I need to get a bucket. It's my turn to get a bucket. I've seen a lot less of that this, this season out of him. Um, I, I didn't see it tonight. I never saw a moment where, it, where you just had that look in Dylan Brooks' eyes where it's like, all right, it's time for me to get a bucket or I'm tired of dishing the ball. It's my turn now. Um, and the Grizz win. It's another game where Dylan Brooks scores over 20 points and the Grizzlies win. Um, but it's the efficiency that was better at six for 15. I mean, that's still less than 50%. Um, but, I mean, you've got – Guys, you see, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys with two or more assists. Like, these guys are buying into Jenkins' system. 
And the more that that happens, I think the team is only on their way up. Right. All right, so we're going to do something that we're kind of doing on 3 and D podcasts going forward. Uh, we're going to look at the week ahead. And Hello. you are going to pick these games um, between now and the next time that I record. So you got four games you got to pick. So Wednesday night at the Timberwolves. Win. Okay. Even with Carl Anthony Towns back, I'm not. I'm not scared of the Timberwolves with the Grizzlies. Uh, even with this current current. I'm. I'm not scared of Cat. He's soft. Uh, Friday's Timberwolves. You think they sweep? They should. I agree. They should. In Minnesota, it might be hard. They. It depends on how they close out games. I'm gonna say they will. If I'm wrong, I'm just wrong. All right. So then you got Saturday at home versus the Sixers. Back to back, even at home, and we're struggling at home. Say they lose that one. Right, and then the MLK game. That's an afternoon start at home against the Suns. My goodness, the Phoenix Suns with four guys in double digits. MLK games. We struggled of late. We're on national TV. We almost never play well on national TV. You know. Everything I just said means we're going to lose this game. But you know what? If this team can play with the Los Angeles Lakers, I think they can play with the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to say we win on MLK. All right. So you're saying a three-in-one week. I think they can do it because of how you close out games. Right. I'm going to go with a two-and-two week, but I'm not going to name where I think the two-and-two come from because with this team and this season – you don't freaking know. You may get swept by the freaking Timberwolves and then turn around and, and sweep the next two, the Sixers and the Suns, um, because you don't know this, who the Sixers are going to play. And right. you know the Suns are going to play everybody because it's a national uh, TV game. We don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to see the debut of one, two, or three of the guys that have been out um, for the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, we've heard the timetable for Winslow and, and Jackson Jr. could be MLK Day. Um, I could see Morant making a push because it is a national TV game. So who knows? I, I'm calling a, a two and two week. Um, I was wrong about last week's predictions. I think Ben Hogan went, let's see, Ben called a split there. I think we both agree that we would have been one and three last week and we ended up two and two this week. So we'll go with two and two this week. Um, Bryce is saying three and one. Let's hope that Bryce nails it on the head um, and we're able to have a three and one week and be above 500 on the season, uh, which would be a, or we, that would put us right at 500, wouldn't it? Yeah, right at 500. All right, yeah, so three and one week would put us at 500 and put us in good position uh, in the standings when our guys return. Uh, Bryce, I know you're, you're watching the halftime show right now. Anything you want to add before we close this thing out? Are we talking football or basketball? Anything, man. Anything you want to say. This this is your moment. I mean, nah, man. Just stay blessed. I know times are tough. Keep a positive mindset. Things are going – it's a light at the end of the tunnel, just like I said last time. I'm trying to be an optimist with the picks. You got to be an optimist in life. You can't get stuff – let stuff get us down. And – uh I think Alabama's going to win this football game by a lot of points here soon. 
I'm about to rain on your Optimus Parade. What's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger? You got to bring up stuff that had me talking and turning last night. Um, <laughs> you know, Ben Roethlisberger has been a big part of my life since I was a young boy. He led the Steelers to a couple Super Bowls, but I think Father Tom has caught up with him. I don't see how he turns down $41 million. He'd be a fool, too. But I I think it's time for him to hang it up. It's time to stretch that money out if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I could see a scenario where it's similar to, to the number one pick in his draft class uh, where he came back for that final year but ends up turning the keys over uh, to the quarterback. That I think the, the Steelers need to draft a quarterback this year. Um, if there's a good one available for them. And halfway through the season, if not earlier, depending on what your record is, Ben has to just turn it over to the, to them. Well, one guy I'm looking at is one that's on the screen in Mac Jones. He should still be there when they pick at 24. I'm hoping, so? Trey, Lance, I'm hoping Trey Lance slides that far, get us a mobile quarterback for the first time, so Cordell Stewart. But – you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to get drafted early, and a lot of teams need quarterbacks, so there's no telling who's available. I'm a Florida fan, so if Kyle Trask ends up in black and gold, I won't be upset, but he's got some things to work on, and that bowl appearance wasn't a good thing to put on film after a great <laughs> regular season. All right. Well, um, Bryce, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the second half of the national championship. No problem, man. Um, and I will make sure we get you on when we get Mr. Hogan back so we can do a little uh, 3&D special podcast. That was good, man. That was good. All right, make sure you check out the other podcasts in the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. That's GBB Live on Thursdays, the Core 4 on Wednesdays, the Starting 5 on Mondays, and as always, you can follow Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Uh, Bryce, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. At NXT Prodigy, you just search my name, Bryce Hayes. First one to pop up. Bryce Hayes. He's one of our, our new, very talented writers over at GBB. Uh, we're definitely thrilled to have him. Um, Appreciate so that, man. Y'all go follow him on Twitter, follow the show, and follow Grizzly Bear Blues. And as always, follow your Grizzlies through this week. Uh, just be patient, stick through the hard times, and uh, I fully believe that John Jr. are going to come back and do something special uh, the, the last half of this season. So until next week, it's been real. <laughs>